gentlemen the epl boys are back here to break down everything that happened during deadline day as well as breaking down all the games back from week three but as always my name is matt and i never do this alone as always with my partner in crime jd how was your weekend my weekend was absolutely fantastic honestly i i i, I don't think i left my couch I, I think I'm still there. I, I think I'm, I'm actually recording this podcast laying down on my couch with the TV in view, still watching the Premier League. I had nothing to do all weekend, and all I did was just lay there, pet my dog, and just watch fantastic soccer. And to all of our listeners who are saying, JD, you can't do that. Excuse me. Calm down. JD is quietly living the American dream. Uh... The weekend was good, but EPL soccer made it better. We are going to jump into action real quick. But guys, the last time we talked, I was a depressed mess. JD was laughing at me from across the internet because Cristiano Ronaldo was on his way to Manchester City. Record scratch, or so we thought, because literally the next day, JD, I... I can even break it down to a T. I had work early the following morning. I did a couple of the accounts I worked. And then I came home, went upstairs, put, left my phone downstairs, but went upstairs. Took care of what I needed to take care of. It took about an hour or so. And by the time I came down, the internet had broken. Because apparently Cristiano Ronaldo was on his way to Manchester. Just not the blue side. Cristiano Ronaldo, since then, funny enough, our episode didn't even get a chance to come out before the news of Cristiano Ronaldo on his way to Manchester United. Well, since that happened, Cristiano Ronaldo is officially a Manchester United player for roughly in the ballpark of about 10 to $12 million with, of course, about $8 million worth of add-ons. I can only assume that's winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League. Who gives a shit? Coming in at just under half a million dollars a week. Jesus. JD, I'm going to just simplify this in one easy, kind of yes, kind of no answer. Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United. Is it the correct move for them? Um, yes, from a publicity and financial standpoint. And, and that's weird to say because, you know, they're paying him a little less than half a million pounds a week. The I, I can't really find a problem in this. It, it's a feel-good story. He's coming back to not his hometown club, but the club that made him who he is, Manchester United. I Manchester United is going to make so much money just on, on this. And look, from a business standpoint, fantastic. The, the feel-good aspect adds to it, but I I don't know. You're, you're signing a soon-to-be 37-year-old. How much are you going to get out of him, honestly? And, and, I say, and I say that as 
him being Cristiano Ronaldo, I know he is a god amongst men on 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 the football pitch. But I you're good, you're going to get one decent season. You like this season he's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's going to score 15 goals. I I just don't know like 480,000 pounds a week. That is absurd. That, that is, is absolutely whole, absurd for a guy's age, and and I know it's Cristiano Ronaldo, but still, I and that is a whole that is a whole lot of protein and veggies for his super clean eating lifestyle. I, I don't, and, and the other thing I want to add, look, to any Manchester United fan, you have to understand he was going to Manchester City. It took a call from Al, Sir Alex Alex Ferguson. And well. Not just, as good uh, as that sounds. Not just you have to understand. Yeah. He was going to Manchester City, so I, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. He has to know that that would have been a bad thing for him, like his his image, among like among Man- Manchesterians. I don't I don't know what to say. I Mancu- They're called Mancunians. Mancunians. Okay. I I don't know. I don't live in England. I. <laughs> I'll, honestly, that was. Honestly, it was a bad move. It was a bad move for him to go to City, and it was the right move to go to United. But he was going to City, so like that's the thing you have to understand. He was going to City. It took a Manchester United legend to tell him not to go to City. Well, I and honestly, from a lot of the reports that came out, I mean, this story was extremely interesting. So apparently, at the beginning of the window, Juventus and Manchester United basically had a quick phone call. Juventus was like, "Hey." Do you guys want Cristiano Ronaldo? And basically, I from what it was, it was before the Sancho deal, before the Varane deal. It was kind of like Man United were like, no, it's okay. We we don't want Cristiano right now. We just, you know, it's it's okay. We're good. Now, of course, United got their guys. They got Sancho and they got Varane. And then it came now towards the end of the window. And once again, Juventus reached out to Man United and went, hey, do you want Ronaldo now? And they also turned around and said, no, it's okay. We don't want to bring on someone, you know, who's going to command a lot of wages, who's going to command, you know, a lot of attention. You know what? We got a good thing brewing here. And then the Manchester City story started to play. And that's where I think Man United as a whole, as an organization, turned around and went, wait a second. Hold on, what? And then before you could blink, he's on his way on a plane to City. Like, he's already left Juventus. He went peace out, hopped on his private jet, and said, see ya, I'm gonna go play for City because Man United doesn't want me anymore. So no longer, this is no longer a personal thing. This is a business decision. This is this is strictly a business decision. United didn't want me, so this can't be a hard-feeling situation. Now, yes, as a Man United fan, I've already agreed, and I've already come to terms that if he went to City, I would basically have to, men in black erase every memory of Cristiano Ronaldo from my mind and it's just strictly Bruno is the greatest Portuguese player to ever grace the Man United jersey but flip that then as he's on his way to City Sir Alex Ferguson which a lot of people forget even though he's no longer the manager is still on the board of trustees for Manchester United he probably barged into that office room and basically was starting to ring necks and was like, you're going to let him go to City. You're going to let him go to City. I'm going to make a phone call. He makes a phone call to Cristiano and he goes, hey, if I can get you to Man United, will you come to United? And Cristiano was like, of course. 
of course I'll come to United. I want to go to United. I don't want to go to City, but City are going to be the ones who are going to give me the opportunity. Turns around, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson goes, just offer them the damn paycheck. And then, of course, there's also the big rumors that Bruno was really into this deal, was really trying to get Cristiano Ronaldo to convince to go to United, as well, former players, both Paul Scholes, Rio Ferdinand, a lot of Man United legends were basically giving this guy the shtick over the phone for hours and hours in a row, basically to the point where it was like, hey, there is only one choice here. You can only go to Manchester United. Going to City is honestly i get it he would have made the same money he would have done the same things but honestly if he went to city his entire reputation as a footballer i think would have gotten hurt because messi would never have gone to real madrid even in like four or five years from now messi will never go to real madrid he'll go back to barcelona before he'll go back to real madrid and i think it speaks volumes that ronaldo and united were able to get this deal in place. I also find it extremely surprising. I know we're still talking about this, but when you're talking about one of the top three footballers in the world right now, we're going to give it a few minutes of attention. The fact that Manchester City didn't even attempt, like basically the second Man United said that they were interested, City were like, okay, we're out. And honestly, I think that was the most baffling thing to me is that Manchester City just flat out was like, well, we're good. Because I honestly thought Man City would come in and offer... Juventus a little bit more money or offer Cristiano a little bit more money because JD like you said for I don't care that his he's making 500 you know thousand a week don't care I really don't care I don't care that United spent like what could be up to 20 million dollars for this guy his jersey was available for sale today. His number hasn't even been announced yet which we're all assuming it's going to be the number seven but we're not going to make any what what what's what what are the fingers up for? What are you giving me? So this is my favorite part of this entire transfer saga. Yes, Manchester United get Cristiano Ronaldo, but my favorite part is that he might not get number seven. And imagine CR seven not wearing number seven at Manchester United, where he used to wear number seven. I look like Dan James was sold. He was sold to Leeds. Which, honestly, is probably a, a good move for him. He wasn't really getting the amount of game time he should be at, at United. He, he's a good player. He, I mean, I he's mostly him. pace. I loved him. But, honestly, I I yeah. loved the Welsh Sonic. I loved the guy who would literally, like, hey. The Welsh Dan, Sonic. Uh, hey, <laughs> Dan, hey, Dan, get on there and just run like hell for 20 minutes. And this guy no. would run until his little heart couldn't run no more. <laughs> no, but th the reports are like, okay, Dan James leaves. He's number 21. He leaves. Cavani, Edison Cavani, <laughs> who's just almost, he, at this point, he's almost a forgotten man at United. I don't I think, can't, I like, don't, I, can't, I, I, I see, I disagree with that because the issue with what's going on with Edison Cavani this year, and honestly, I think this was even more of a reason for Man United to go get Cristiano Ronaldo, was there is no faith in Anthony Martial. There is zero faith in Anthony Martial. Rumors throughout the uh, club is Ali is done. Ali's done giving Martial chances. He's given him he's given him opportunities in multiple positions, in multiple opportunities against multiple opponents, and it's just not working. So basically, the team is like, "Hey, 
our really only out-and-out -out striker, because Mason Greenwood is kind of a hybrid between a striker and a right wing. And wasting his time. Oh, you shut your mouth. But basically, <laughs> I look at the issue with Edison Cavani is he's still hell-bent that he's going to be representing for Uruguay during World Cup qualifiers. So the issue is is he's he's going to fly into a hot zone. And for England and the Premier League, he's going to miss a massive chunk of games strictly on travel and international breaks. So United are looking at it the fact that, oh my God, our actual only real striker on the club is going to be missing big games each month throughout the whole season, he could end up missing almost 40% of league games this year. That is terrifying to think that maybe Anthony Martial might be the only guy. So United are also looking at this from the point of view of, hey, we do need a striker who's not going to fly to a hot zone when international breaks turn around, and he's going to be able to play every single minute of every game. No, yes, over the last few years, Cristiano has been able to do load management with Juventus, but... I think this is how I think this deal works out for all parties involved. One, Ronaldo and Edison Cavani can intertwine with each other. Both of those two can play in a two-striker system, or they can complement each other by one coming on and one coming off. As well, how does this benefit United going forward? Because Edison Cavani's contract ends next summer. Cristiano's deal is only two years. These two guys are going to put... Mason Greenwood under their wing, and they're going to do the whole uh, caption uh, Simba. This is your kingdom now, Simba. Everywhere the light touches is ours. That's basically what they're going to do for Mason Greenwood. They're going to give him every trick in the book to be the best striker. Oh, and by the way, when Cristiano Ronaldo's deal is done, Mason Greenwood's only going to be 21 turning 22. So let's just say he hasn't even tickled the beginning of his prime yet but yet he's going to have played under some of the greatest strikers to ever grace the game this is a win financially a win right now and a win for the future i get it because i've had a lot of juventus fans knocking on my door saying that hey this deal you know what he ruined juventus he's there now they're in a position where they're going to be horrible they needed him too much united are not the you know united are just going to do the same thing here is my argument to that the reason why I don't think that'll work is because Juventus didn't have a team outside of Cristiano Ronaldo. They didn't have role players. Don't give me this freaking shit that Douglas Costa even holds a candle to Marcus Rashford. Please, do not even think one little bit that Aaron Ramsey is lining up right next to Bruno or Paul Pogba. Please don't give me this. I'm not. Ha I'm. I'm. I'm seriously not having this. Mason Greenwood now is better than what Gonzalo Higuain was ever in his career. I will say that too. I will hold that under every candle in the world. I don't care. A lot of Napoli fans mad right now. I'm telling you right now, I'm not trying to be that... Well, I'm talking about a Juventus Higuain. I'm not talking about Napoli. I'm okay. talking about Juventus. Okay. Juventus. Strictly Juventus. But like I said, there is a team around Cristiano Ronaldo... There is no Jaden Sancho that ever played with him on Juventus. There's no Bruno. There was no Paul Pogba. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and start comparing Harry Maguire and Varane to Chiellini and Bonici. Um, Those guys, again, we could sit here for hours having that discussion. But I, I look at it as there is a team around Cristiano Ronaldo now where all Cristiano has to do, get in the box. Just get in the box. You don't have to run. Just get in the box. 
Just get in the box. The service will be there. Basically, Paul Pogba and Bruno are just going to close their eyes and just whip shit into the box. Because fuck it, Ronaldo's in there somewhere. Just throw it. So, <laughs> you didn't even like bring up the whole point that I brought up of Ed with Edison Cavani being the number seven shirt. The okay, whole so point I was trying to bring up was yes. that Dan James got sold, and now uh, Edison Cavani, it, what the happens? reports are that, that Edison Cavani will be the number 21 shirt, what and happens? will pave way for Ronaldo to be the number 7 shirt. What happens in every single religious, like, God movie out there is you need a young sacrifice to bring in a God. Cristiano Ronaldo is the god, and unfortunately, unfortunately, we sacrificed young Dan James. Basically, Harry Maguire you, threw him on the slab and went, "Cool, sacrifice this guy." Fuck it. You don't, you don't understand how funny it will be if Edison Gavani sits back and says, "No, I'm the number seven so here." So this is this is my only thing with all of it is I think Edison Cavani. He's a professional. At the end of the day, Edison Cavani is a big professional. He is anyone. Well, I think <laughs> I, I think he is. I think, excuse me, I think he will be because at the end of the day, the Glazers will physically come in and go, "Hey, Edison Cavani." Yeah, and that'll be shitty. If I just give you a million pounds right now, one million pounds, how has, shitty would that be if, if that comes it's, out? It's not. That they paid it's him. It's not. To give not. Up his seventh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because Man United... That'd be so shitty. No, it's not, because as a Man United fan, here's the thing. I haven't purchased a Man Uni Manchester United jersey in many, many years, because I do not want to give the Glazers my money. I do not want to like fund Manchester United's rich owners who don't want to invest in this club. Well, you know what? We picked up three amazing talents this, this year. I I'm going to buy a Cristiano Ronaldo number seven jersey. I don't know oh, if I'd God. buy a Cristiano Ronaldo 21 jersey. I want to buy a Cristiano Ronaldo number seven jersey. But, hold on, but spin zone before we move on, which is if Robin Van Persie, when he came in, before winning the 20th league title, he picked the number 20 jersey. If Cristiano Ronaldo comes in, grabs the number 21 jersey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 21? Is 21 coming? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's kind of and the same It's kind of the same situation where it's like, hey, it's a striker who's supposed to be on the back end of his career. I'm just saying. In no way does this end badly for me personally because I hope, I hope... I hope Edison Cavani says, no, I'm the number seven. Like, you're not taking my shirt number. Like, I, I am a part of the team. And no, 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 hold up, Matt. No. I, I hope that happens. But if, if Ronaldo does take number seven from Cavani, you know there was some dark shit behind that. Okay. Like, you, you know you, Ronaldo you fucking bought him an island. No. Like, he had to you, buy him an island. You like, stop. You stop right now. The Glazers are going to walk up to Edison Cavani and go, hey, a million pounds says the and number seven. No, it's oh, not. Oh, that is so fucked up. No, that is it's so fucked not. up. Absolutely not. Okay, because at the end of the day, more people are going to want to buy a Cristiano Ronaldo number seven jersey over a number 21 jersey. It's That is business. the capitalist talking. Yes. Comrade. Yeah. Oh, my God. Comrade. Please. Oh, my God. 
Does Liverpool charge fans to get into Anfield? Do they have to pay a ticket? Okay, you're getting really real now. Yeah, no, but you're I'm... You're getting literal. You're getting know, literal. I'm being I'm, facetious. I know you're being facetious, but I'm just... That's my rebuttal to you, which is... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so, are, are, are tickets to Liverpool I'm home sorry. games free? Are they free? <laughs> I, I thought, this, I thought I, this was America. I thought this was America with my pants down at my ankle, screaming <laughs> capitalism while playing five-finger death punch in the background. All right, we're going to move on really, really quickly. Um... A lot of big moves happened in the transfer window. Uh, one of the bigger moves in the Premier League that finished up right before the window ended is Sal Niguez from Atletico Madrid going to Chelsea, of all teams. Perfect pronunciation of that name. Yeah, because I've only yes, because the only reason why is because every single Man United fan youtube have been talking about this guy for like two months now so if i don't know how to say his name by this point i just i i, I didn't know that there was a w in his name niguez niguez <laughs> okay well you know what you and jc can just sit there all you want and make fun of the way i pronounce things okay <laughs> i'm sorry i thought this was america but no Basically, on a $5 million loan with an option, not an obligation. That's absurd. A an $5 million dollar loan fee. Bas- that's absurd. Basically, I, that's, I know that they're going to buy it, but... It's, like. just, it's just to cover a chunk of his wages. Um, I just see the way Chelsea play, and I don't think they need another center attacking mid. I don't... Like, you have Pulisic, you have Mount... You have Kai Havertz. Yes, this guy can play more box-to-box, but you play a five-back system with two holding midfielders. I look at Conte. I look at Jorginho. I even look at Kovacic. JD, who who gets benched for Sal? For Sal? Who, gets, who gets benched for him? Because honestly... I think, you, I think Chelsea are going to be buying this guy to just sit on the bench. I completely disagree with you with everything you said because you called him a center attacking midfielder. He's not that. He scores like three goals a season. He is a box to box, almost defense. I mean, creative midfielder, but he almost can fill. He can fill that role of defensive midfielder in the five back formation that Chelsea plays. I think he'll thrive honestly with two with, with him and Conte. I I don't think Jorginho sucks, and I say that being as he's not bad. He just should not have won UEFA Player of the Year. Everyone agrees with that. I, I I honestly think most Chelsea fans agree with that. I no Saul Niguez, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I just know the way Matt pr- pronounced it was definitely wrong. I what think I, he will add a lot to this team. He's very creative. He he scores a couple goals a season, so I don't think of him as as an, a central attacking midfielder, but. His passing is fantastic. His vision is fantastic. It's it's a big loss to a lot of other clubs that could have signed him. The fact that he it's a loan, like five million for a loan is kind of ridiculous. But that's a good player you're getting on loan with with an obligation to buy. But when is I mean, that's so up in the air. <laughs> like who knows? Liverpool were supposed to sign Ozan Kabak with it was on loan with an obligation to buy. Now he's at Norwich City. And that's another transfer that is 
very weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, on, honestly, Saul yeah. will do well. I think I think he'll do well. He'll definitely start. I think he starts over Jorginho and Kovacic. I you can't say he's going to start over Jorginho because if you've been listening to any other football media in the last 365 days, Jorginho is the greatest thing to happen to football no. since Maradona. He was just there for the ride. Yes, honestly, JD and I, that's one thing we do agree on. Just because you're invited to a bunch of different parties doesn't mean you're the cool kid, okay? Just because you're there doesn't mean you should get an award. But and, and he missed his penalty in the shootout of the Euros. Everybody forgets he missed his penalty. Yeah, see, Stutter I, step and everything. Hey, I don't know who stutter steps anymore. That's such a like outdated like 2020. Yeah, a bunch of, of fucking punks. And yeah, we move on. Uh, yeah, so with all that transfer talk now out of the way 25 minutes into this episode, let's talk about oh what happened. Yeah, let's actually what ta- happened during week three. JD, I have a couple questions for you. T- speaking about our new game, our uh, first game of the season. Um, JD, I want you to quickly answer yes or no, nothing more, okay? Okay. Did Arsenal score a goal this week? Uh, hold on. Let me let me quick search on YouTube. Uh, Arsenal highlights of the 2021-22 season. No, they did not. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, my next question was: Is if Arsenal didn't score, that must mean Arsenal didn't win, right? Uh, hold on. I'm putting it into a calculator. Uh, beep boop. Beep boop. Uh, no, they did not. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, JD gets 100% on this test because final score, oh boy, Manchester City 5, Arsenal 0. Who predicted this? I, 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 I can't think of a person that ever could have possibly predicted this outcome. My goodness, but I mean, this game hurt to watch. Like, honestly, this game hurt watching because... Uh, uh, I, I again, I'm just watching this game, and at no point did I like because I think to myself like, yeah, it's a double-edged sword because I don't want City to win, but at the same time, it's like, hey, this is kind of interesting because, like, Arsenal are bad. Oh, it's, yeah, Arsenal. It's hilarious, are, dude. They're just they like, might get relegated. JD, uh, in previous years, and Logan, I know, is listening somewhere and going. Phew, but honestly, this year, this year might be different because there is, I, I just, I, again, I'm speechless. We talk They're about bad. this team. I mean, the five goals, I mean, Ilkay Gundogan, Torres, Jesus, Rodri, and Torres again. Granite Xhaka getting a 35-minute straight red card. I mean, homeboy could have broken, a, broken someone's leg, but going studs up, both feet up. Yeah, every time. That's an easy decision. JD, I have just he, he did, one... He did a great Pogba impression. But well, we'll get it, to that later. Well, that means he would have to take a time zone thing, but let's move on. JD, I have to ask you one question, one question only. We're not going to even talk about this game. I don't want to talk about this game at all. Where? What does Arsenal do? What does Arsenal do? Like, I honestly... Like, at this point, your best players are invisible. Your former team captain is getting red cards every other match. 
this team is shambolic in defense. This team has the youngest midfield in the entire league. Oh, you're playing Odegaard. What was it? Odegaard, Smithrow, and one other person. You're 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 so young. My God, it's just it, I don't see any answers. Yeah, I at this point, <laughs> you fire Arteta, you bring Delete. in literally anybody, Delete anybody with a pulse, just just anybody with a pulse, and see what happens. It can't get any worse. It, it, it truly cannot get any worse. I understand that Arsenal have had the worst starting schedule, like the first three games. I mean, Brentford, come on, like you should win that game. But you didn't. <laughs> and I, the last two games, I, it, it's just been bad. I, 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 I'm, I'm sick of, like, joking about it. Arsenal might actually get relegated. If they, can, if, if they don't fire Arteta, if they don't change a thing right now, I'm saying it. Like, they're getting relegated. Xhaka's red card for sure changed the game. Like, it did. But it's definitely a red card. Dude slides in with both feet, studs up. I don't care that it only a, a little bit touched the guy. I It doesn't matter. You can't tackle like that. And Xhaka, he's a player that is known to do that. It's not the first time. I I don't know. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of bored talking about how shit Arsenal are. It, it, it's almost boring. Like, I cannot wait for the Amazon All or Nothing documentary. It's gonna be fucking amazing. It's it might honestly it might need to be rated R because I don't know if it's safe for children's eyes to just watch what's going on. Honestly, I'm gonna jump ahead really quickly without discussing the Norwich result. You're looking at the next game Saturday, September 11th at 10 a.m. Arsenal hosts Norwich. That is the number 20 team going up against the number 19 team. They might lose that game. If they, they lose... No, honestly... They might I, lose that game. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. 100% honest with you. If Arsenal don't win, or in return don't score a goal, they, they, they this can't go on. Like, this actually can't go on. Because if you go your first four Premier League games... Because now we're starting to talk about records. Like, I honestly don't remember the last time a team started the Premier League season four games without a goal and honestly it it's this is a bad getting to worse situation but we're gonna move on we could spend the next like 15 minutes talking about arsenal the next game pretty quick and basic aston villa one brentford one um yeah i don't know does this game really need to be talked about it was a couple early goals literally seventh and 13th minute and then it was just hey you have the ball Okay, no, no, you have the ball. I mean, JD, I'll hand this off to you. I really don't have much to talk about this one. Is there anything from this game that you really can take away? I honestly, Brentford are here to play. Like, I <laughs> knew we promoted side. Haven't been in the Premier League before. I, I'm liking this Brentford side. And Ivan Tony scored a bag load of goals in the championship. His goal was fantastic. And so was Emil Buendia's, uh, his first goal for Aston Villa. I, 
both goals were great. It's a shame they happened very early on in the game. So when you look back at the game, it's like, oh, it was kind of boring. It was just two sides going at each other, nothing happening. But it's a it's a bigger result for Brentford than it is for Villa. I think Villa expected to win this game. And I, I, I think Brentford are not the team that a lot of people thought they were. I, I think they've come into this Premier League season guns blazing i i they haven't dropped a point or, or sorry they haven't they haven't lost a game i should say they haven't dropped points really for, for a club like that they haven't really dropped points i think they what have they they won then drew twice i think yes that's, they have. that's fantastic that is fantastic for a newly promoted side you cannot ask for a better result over the first three games so i i, I as boring as this game may seem, this is fantastic for Brentford. I mean, five points out of the first three games, you couldn't ask for better. And something I really want to break into, I mean, we look, again, we have a couple weeks. We're not going to be putting out an episode later this week. JD and I are going to be taking a little break with the international break coming up. You look at their upcoming games. They host Brighton and have to go away to Wolves before playing home to Liverpool. Let's just say that Liverpool game is going to be a loss. They can, If they find a way to still get a result in their next two games, I mean, how how long did Sheffield go without getting, you know, the same amount of points last year? Like, this is, this is an amazing start for a very brand new club, and especially a club a lot of people were like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to stay up. They don't have what it takes. But, Guys, it's a fun story so far. And honestly, for the neutral, Brentford's a wonderful side to watch. Um, I think feel like Aston Villa could have stepped up a little bit more in this game. But again, I'm not going to waver too much on this early result. The next game is going to be Everton 2, Brighton none. Um, uh, I'll be honest. When I was watching this game, this is the Brighton side I've expected this year. And this is also the Everton side I've expected this year. Um, Everton looked good. Uh, goals from Gray and a penalty from Calvert-Lewin. Uh, overall, I am just... I, I When I was watching this game back and forth, I mean, overall, Everton just at no point looked like they were not the club in charge. And it, it's wonderful to see this side look like this. And I get it. It's against Brighton, and it's not going to be the best squad that they're going to play all year. But they got the job done. This was something that even under Carlo Ancelotti was having... They were having a difficult time just getting the results they were expected to get. Every game seemed to be a little too challenging from time to time. This year, there seems to be a completely new mentality. So honestly, I'm personally excited to see this. Um, if you're Brighton, I mean, you've had a good start to the year, but don't let this kind of stop you. But if Brighton continue to allow these results to happen... Um, it's not going to be good. These are the games they need to compete in because these are going to be the teams that they're going to be able to get points off of because when you start getting down later in the year and you start playing some of the big boys, those results are going to be harder and harder to get. So this is a massive three points, in my opinion, for Everton. These are the games you expect them to win. Now, JD, I'll hand this off to you. I mean, like I said, I feel like both teams kind of showed kind of what we expected going into the season. I mean, you and I both gave this game a draw. The fans chose Everton, and of course, the fans are always right. In your opinion, I mean, how did this game really look to you? Uh, Everton got the job done. Um, 
And Brighton, I think they'll be fine. I think there's a lot shittier. Te- there's a lot more shittier teams than Brighton right now. I, I I don't think this is the worst result for them. Honestly, a two 0 loss to Everton, who are a, a very big club. I, I I don't think this is terrible for them. the The biggest takeaway from this game is the Dominic Calvert-Lewin penalty, because not not because of how the penalty happened. It, it was Richarlison. That fucking bitch. He he is a bitch. Like he, he's just an absolute bitch. He had to have his own teammates take him away from the penalty spot. Because he wanted to take it, but Calvert Lewin is the team's penalty penalty taker. <laughs> he had to be he had to be dragged away from the spot. I, I just I, I love it. I love that the crosstown rivals of Liverpool are having that kind of internal discrepancy yeah. like it, it, it's great it's great I, I love it i can't wait for the merseyside derby because yeah. god forbid everton get a fucking penalty against liverpool oh my god if it's at anfield oh the ooze will be out like if for charleston tries to pick up that ball oh well, it's gonna and, be great but and honestly, Lewin, I, hey yeah. he's a good player he's a good and player I, he, he put that penalty well he, he put that he put that penalty back well and honestly like I feel like this is also one of those things like, and I always see, because you see it every now and again. You see someone come up and you're like, oh, I'm taking the penalty this time. That is on the coaching staff. Like, that's a clear on the coaching staff. At the beginning of the season, you're in the locker room or you're you're out where you're talking. And basically the coach looks at who his penalty kick taker is. Now, if the penalty kick taker decides, hey, you know what, Richarlson, you want the ball? Here you go. You know, I, I think you're good for it. But at no point in time, if you are not the penalty kick taker, should you be running for the ball like it's whoever gets the ball first gets to take it. Um, this has happened in the past. Actually, funny enough, Edison Cavani and Neymar had this problem. Edison Cavani was the penalty taker, and then Neymar came into town. There were huge, huge issues with that. JD, you want to talk about paying off people to be dirty. PSG paid Edison Cavani to stop taking penalties, even though he was the penalty penalty kick taker Absurd. before. Like, you want to talk about jersey numbers being a problem? Imagine paying someone to not take a penalty. Jesus. Here's, here's what I can't wait for. Uh, in a week and a half, when Ronaldo makes his debut for Manchester United, well, second debut, I cannot wait for the inevitable penalty call. And Honestly, I, look, look, Bruno Fernandez might have, you know, helped get Ronaldo in some way to Manchester United. I cannot wait for that moment because I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm all here for it. I'm gonna be. I'm literally gonna be watching that game with the Manchester United fan, and like I, a buddy I have in Maryland. I'm going down to his place to watch this game, and I've told him, like, bro, like you know, there's gonna be a penalty, and I cannot wait for the fucking aftermath of what happens because I don't know if Bruno is gonna put up a fight. Ronaldo might rip the ball out of his hands. So. Uh, honestly, when when this came up, and it's funny because some people were actually reaching out to me and asking, like, well, Matt, who's taking the penalties? I, honest to God, don't know. Because, honestly, I, I feel like... I <laughs> they're feel just like, going to it on the field. The, the, so, they're going to figure it out in the moment. I, so, I, I know they are. 
Well, this could be one of those things, funny enough, I really think where Ollie is going to back the fact that, hey, Bruno's my guy. He's been taking the penalty since he's gotten here. Cristiano, it's up to Bruno if he allow if he wants you to take the penalty. Now, don't get me wrong. Bruno Bru and... No, no, no. Ollie is the most pushover manager I've ever seen. Like, he's going to have no well, say in this. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I, I, well funny, I wouldn't say he's a pushover. Ollie can be reckless when he wants to be. He just, I mean, he's... He he's sounds got, like a pushover. Okay, you can sound like a pushover, and being a pushover are two different things. There's oh a lot of God. dead... There's a lot of dead wood that's not there anymore because of Ollie. We're going to have this conversation oh on a later time. Next game, Newcastle 2, Southampton 2. This game is actually pretty fun to watch. I mean, it was a draw. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, it's a great game. But honestly, the back and forth was fantastic. I had an absolutely great time... Uh, overall, I mean, good God. I mean, you could have just crammed those last few minutes in there. Uh, St. Maximum getting the game winner in quotation marks, and then five minutes later, they give up a penalty, and then James Ward-Prowse bangs it in. My goodness, this game had late drama. And honestly, this is what the Premier League's all about. It doesn't matter what minute of the game it's in. Your team can find that equalizer. They can go find that winner. I mean, J.D., I've basically said my piece. I feel like both teams looked really, really good at times, and then they also looked really, really not so good. Um, I'm excited for both these clubs because, you know, Southampton was a team we were both kind of like, eh, I don't know how they're going to be without Danny Ings, and they've looked fairly good. And then at the same time, Newcastle looked like a fun side to watch this year. So, I mean, I'll hand this off to you. It's a good draw, but who is walking away with this game a little happier? Uh, definitely Southampton. Um, this game was very fun to watch. Uh, I, it was a good game to watch. Alan St. Maxman, I mean, just a great goal. He needs to score more. And James Ward-Prowse, I, I, I don't remember the penalty. I, I honestly don't remember it. I remember watching it. I just don't remember what it was. Matt, as good as this game was, all I want you to do is tell me who was the first Southampton player to score in this game. You just want me to say names, don't you? What was his name? Right, because uh, I have to. I, I'm bringing up my notes, so oh for fuck's sake! Oh come on! <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even gonna. I'm I'm honest to God, not even gonna try that. I'm not even gonna try that. Like, no, no, nope, nope. Go ahead. I mean, I I don't know. I really don't know. And honestly, I don't even know how to start. Is the E silent? Is the L silent? Is the Y silent? I don't know these things. Mohammed Elianusi. Come on. Elianusi. Okay, so there's no words that are silent. Okay, that's that okay. That's okay. I'll remember Look, that. I I well, I just looked at it and said it. I I okay. could be completely wrong, oh, but I'm I just really right now, wanted Matt, I really wanted you to say that. I, I really wanted you to try. Confidence is key, okay? And you delivered that with some serious confidence, and honestly... Don't turn this on me. I really wanted you to just try, <laughs> and you didn't, and I'm disappointed. Ugh. All right, I think it's time to move on. Leicester 2, <laughs> Norwich 1. 
Uh, Leicester getting some goals, of course, from a man named Jamie Vardy and all Brighton. Um, Timo Pukki officially opened his account. Good job, Timo. Hey, look at you. I, the second I drop you from my fantasy team, that's when you score your goals. Um, yeah, this game was pretty cut forward. I mean, honestly, this game was pretty edgy from time to time. But at no point did I not think Leicester were going to win this game. They were the better side. They controlled the majority of, you know, the good chances in this game. Um, I, I, I think Norwich are in trouble. Honestly, yes, I'm happy they got a goal. They got a goal before Liverpool, uh, Arsenal did. Wow. Holy shit. Like, God, it, there has to be some bet on teams to have started the season with, you know, less goals than Norwich. And I can't imagine that list is high. Um, yeah, JD, I'm going to hand this one right off to you. Um, I mean, of course, Leicester got the result they needed. Norwich. I mean, we're in another situation like Arsenal. What do you do right now to start the season? No wins, only one goal on the score sheet. What what do you do going forward? I there's not much to do. I mean, newly promoted uh, newly promoted side. I I just I don't know. You're playing against a good Leicester side. It, it, it's tough. Timu Puki scoring is good. Like. It was a penalty, but I, I I don't really have much to say about Norwich, to be honest. I, I would say Jamie Vardy scoring is great. Mark Albrighton's goal was deflected, but a good goal. I mean, the deflection played in, but it's not, I, I didn't watch this game. I watched the highlights, and I, I just didn't see that much from, honestly, either team. Honestly, either team. I don't know. I, I don't have too much to say about this game. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I have a lot this, to say about yeah. most of the games, but this game was one that, you know what, Left City won, they should have won, and they did. No, and honestly, you, you, I, I don't feel like you're wrong. Um, I, I think Leicester, this is... I You know what, here, this is what I'm going to take away from this game. This is a game in past seasons I feel like Leicester might have let slip away. So the big thing for Leicester is they were able to get all three points against the team they were expected to get all three points for from. So I think this is good. I think this is a good result for Leicester. And you know what? You you take this result, you move on. Jamie Vardy scoring is always a fun time. Next game, West Ham 2, Crystal Palace 2. That's a little bit of a surprise. Um, uh, Mikel Antonio might be the hottest player currently right now in the premier league and it, it's it's fun to watch when this guy is healthy i mean we've both said this going into this season that west ham would need this guy to stay healthy because if he could stay healthy he can he can really pop off and i mean he has done an absolutely incredible job he currently is the golden boot winner i know we're in the third week matt shut the hell up about golden boots but Overall, this is a very good game. He also got an assist on the first goal, as well as um, Crystal Palace coming in with two good goals as well. JD, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this off to you. I felt like this was a dropped opportunity for West Ham though, because they need to beat teams like Crystal Palace. They really, really do. And I feel like this is an extremely frustrating result when you're trying to cons do consecutive years in Europe. And we haven't even hit the bulk of the schedule yet. So for you, I mean, this is a good win. This is a good result for Crystal Palace, but 
for West Ham, I, I this was a disappointing game. Um, for for Crystal Palace, this was a great result. A point against West Ham, who have looked one of the like one of the better teams in the Premier League this season. Great result. West Ham, I, Mikel Antonio. I mean, three games in, of course. He's my player of the season so far. Just consistent consistency. If he can stay fit, I, if he can do this every week, oh my god. Like, why the fuck is he playing for West Ham? Sorry, West Ham supporters, Brian, uh, if you're listening. Um, I I don't know. I, I think this is more Connor Gallagher. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Honestly, who is he? I, I, I think I've heard of him, but... He showed up. I, I he was just none. Neither of his goals were fantastic, or you know, golazos, as some will say. They were just good positioning, and Crystal Palace kind of need that because Zaha, where the fuck is he? Benteke, who's heard of him? Like you need a player like that, and that's good for Crystal Palace. Like it, it really is. I they need a player like that, and as much as this sounds like a bad West Ham result, I think I think they'll they'll motor on. No, and I <laughs> they'll and, move and I'm forward. Not, and I'm not disagreeing like, they'll, they'll be with. Fine. <laughs> but I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like for West Ham, we want to continue to put themselves in the conversation of a big six club, but I I just this result really frustrates me because. This is a game they needed a result from. And honestly, defensively, they kind of need to clean things up just a little bit. because And, if you're n- they, and they did in the in the transfer window. Kurt well, Zuma. That is true. That they, is a... They did. T- talking about signings, Kurt Zuma coming to West Ham is a massive, massive signing. Yeah. I bet, you, I bet yeah. you he didn't even need to sell his house. He could probably just, you know, it's an extra five minutes on his commute. But... We move on to the game of the week. And, of course, the game of the week means a whole lot of freaking controversy. We go in Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. Um, yeah, I this game kind of had it all. A Kai Havertz header, a red card for some people, a... Not red card for others, but I don't know who. For those some people, people. Are. oh my god. For some people, as well as uh, again, and this all just happened in the first half. Uh, JD, I'm going to let you go first with this one because you, resident Liverpool fan, from your point of view in this game, be again. Reece James getting a red card, which led to the Mo Salah penalty, which made it one-one going into the second half. Why was Liverpool not able to put this game over the line where they were able to grab all three points? They weren't able to win this game because Chelsea has a fantastic defense. Look, the Reese James red card, as controversial as this sounds, it is a red card. If you it, it, just look at the replay, like, I understand that the fucking referee did not look at the replay in VAR like he should have. He just looked at at a screenshot of it. But if you watch the whole video, Reece James, he moves his arm. I don't care if it came off a Chelsea player. He still stops the fucking ball from going in the net. That is a blatant red card and a penalty. I, it's, 
it, it's crazy that people are defending it. I, I'm trying not to be biased here. It is a textbook red card and penalty. He's st his arm stopped the ball from going into the net. It was going in, and he moved his arm, and he blocked the ball. It, it, it's the te textbook red card. I, I, I just don't understand why people are fighting it. And Salah scores it. Whatever. It's 1-1 going into the second half. Liverpool are up a man. And Chelsea do their fucking best. And just stop any person from getting... Well, not getting into the box. But just stop them. Stop, uh, in layman's terms, just stop the ball from going to the net. That's their job. And at that point... I Honestly, in like the 60th minute, I, I my feeling was... This is going to end 1-1. Because Liverpool had so much more possession that second half. And they couldn't do anything. Because every every Chelsea player, minus Romelu Lukaku, was in the box. Just stopping any ball from coming in. And it, it honestly, the second half was boring. I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be fun. A man up, you know, against Chelsea. Like, that that will be cool to watch. No. No. It, it, it was pretty bad. And I, I don't think any team, honestly... Chelsea is a very good team. The top teams aren't going to beat that defense in, in that setup. And I, I don't know. I Chelsea did the right thing. They did the right thing. 100%. It's just boring to watch. I, I mean, I'm hearing everything you're saying. And I'm not, I'm not like disagreeing with you in any way. Um... I'll be real. While I was watching this game, when I was watching all the chaos happened, one, it's a red card. Um, I don't think it was on purpose. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that. It doesn't that, have, it yeah, doesn't have no, to be. I know. I know. You're not letting me finish. I know it doesn't have to be. Unfortunately, the ball hits his thigh, but the way the ball bounced, it was going to go into the net anyway. His hand stopped the ball going in the net. And that is easy, cut and dry. Again, I have no disagreements. The red card makes sense because it did stop a obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Um, this game proves to me Chelsea are definitely going to win the title. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Because offense wins you games, but if your defense looks this good down a man, because honestly, even your, I, I feel like Jurgen Klopp even said it in a post-game interview. The way that Chelsea were countering being so well defensively, you almost thought Chelsea were going to actually go out and grab one in the second half. If Chelsea look this good with 10 men, if they have all 11 guys, I just don't see how teams are going to break them down. And honestly, just start every game at 10 men. Yeah, let don't don't because that would mean that <laughs> we should just hand them the trophy. We should really just hand them the trophy if we start every game with 10 men. But yeah, I don't have too too much to add on to this game. The red card was 100% deserved. VAR, good job. Um, but overall, this this game I have more questions from this game on Liverpool's point of view than I do for Chelsea, and Chelsea were the team with the man down. I feel like Liverpool definitely need to kind of look in the mirror, and of course, now the transfer day has come and gone. Seeing them not go for a true number nine, I, I feel like it kind of, I don't know how this will look, because honestly, I felt like if this game, if, if Liverpool had a big bully 
to just throw into the middle of the box. I felt like that would have been able to make that defense loosen up a little bit and focus on the big guy, not all the small pieces moving around. But we could talk about that it's, on... It's not their system. They tried that. They tried that when they bought Christian Benteke. You remember him? Remember remember him being a Liverpool player? You know how yeah, shitty I, that was? Yeah, isn't it he doesn't like, work. Isn't he like Crystal Palace's like eighth best player? Uh, we yeah, move pretty on. much. Yeah. Burnley won, Leeds won. Um, my goodness. I, 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 this game, a late Patrick Bamford goal followed, uh, you know, at the beginning of a good Chris Wood goal. I mean, honestly, I don't know how to describe this game. I don't. Forgettable. Like, forgettable. Yeah, just, That's the word. Forgettable is a great word, but for Leeds, it's like... Both goals sucked. For leads, I just have questions because I'm just sitting here and I'm like, hey guys, at, at, at some point you want to kind of do what you did last year? Do you kind of want to look not like... Like I understand, to stay in the Premier League you need to play a specific system, but we grew up knowing Leeds played rock and roll football, you know, back and forth 100%. And I just wonder if the players just can't do it for years in a row. Yes, they just did acquire Dan James, who honestly, in my opinion, might start for them. I I, 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 I see a place on that right wing that Dan James can kind of slot right into. But yeah, JD, you made a very good point. This game was very forgettable. This game was very, very, uh, you know what? <sighs> I, 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 do you have another way of describing this? I'm, I honestly, when I watched this game, I, I was not having a fun time. Look, <laughs> Patrick Bamford scoring off a deflected shot that he puts in. Cool. Chris Wood, literally the same. I, I, I don't like, I, I don't like this game and it's more down to Burnley. <laughs> it's, the fact that Leeds have more possession, Leeds don't do well. When they have more possession, even against a team like Burnley, I like Burnley sit back and it invites that possession, and that's not what Leeds is good at. I I just this is a terrible game to watch. I I, I don't like anything about it. And a one-one draw, honestly, is more goals than I thought would be scored in this game. I thought it'd be a nil-nil, and I may be proven wrong based on my prediction, because I don't remember what it is. I, I truly don't. Matt, us, do you remember what my prediction was? All of us chose leads for this game. Okay. Well, that was the smart choice, but... I, I, Burnley suck. Just we relegate them now. We live to play another day. The next game is going to be Tottenham 1, Watford nothing. Um... Yeah, Tottenham are top of the league with this result. Each Somehow. one of their each one of their first three games they won one to nothing. Uh on one goal scored by Hyung Ming Sun on a interesting kind of thing. It was one of those free kicks. It was kicked into a dangerous spot. The goalie made a bad bounce. It bounced right into the net. Um hey, ball's gotta go in the net. Hyung Ming Sun did it. Um I don't know. This is another one of those games where, hey, Tottenham looked really, really good defensively. Any one of their defensive players could have easily have been man of the match. 
Um, you know, Hoiberg also put in another really, really good shift. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just watched this game. I, Watford have to figure out with what offensive weapons they have. They have to be a little bit more clinical when they're counterattacking. I felt like their counterattack was extremely slow and poor managed. I feel like it needs to be just overall it managed wise like manager wise you need to prepare your guys better when you're going up against a Nuno side that's going to be playing a little bit more you know box to box a little cagey you know kind of little in and outs but you gotta you gotta be able to be a little bit better defensive uh count with the counter attack and I felt like that's where Watford really dropped the ball JD Tottenham are on top of the league I I have to ask you. Three straight one nothing results. Do you think that they can keep this going? Boring FC strikes again. Three one nil results. Come on, that is not gonna last. I I don't know. I Tottenham played well against Watford. Watford have good players, and I I, I at this point I don't think Watford will go down. I, I think they have enough good players to stay up. I think there's other teams that have not been in the championship for a while will go down. Tottenham, I I mean, more recently with their transfers in, they got um, they got a new right back. Or no, 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 they lost. Sorry, I was thinking of Arsenal. Wow. A lot of Tottenham and Arsenal fans are going to be pissed off by this. Sorry, Arsenal got a new right back. Uh, Tottenham lost Serge Aurier, R- which I think was good. Well, would loss be good. would loss be the word? They let him go. <laughs> yeah, they let him go. He's no longer on the team. Uh, I don't know about Tottenham. Kane is throwing it up in the air. I I don't know how good he'll be this season. I really don't because you know you know he did not want to play for Spurs this season. And Son. Congratulations on that goal because that is a goal you will never score again in your life. That was completely on the goalkeeper. I you put it into a good area. That's all I can say. You put it into a good area and it just happened to go in because the goalkeeper fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I, I honestly this game there's not much more to say about it. The fact that Spurs are top of the league with three one no victories honestly down to the fact that Liverpool and Chelsea drew I I look you couldn't have written it better Spurs are going to be seventh place again at the end of the season and they're going to be chanting we were in first place after three games yeah I would have no I I would have no idea what it's like to be a fan of a team that cheers that you're in first place like before Christmas as I slowly raise my hand saying, I think I've done that like four straight years. But guys, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. Uh, Tottenham fans, be happy. Because honestly, these are games under Josie you would have lost. Or you would have drew, like gotten a draw. Honestly. Fuck, I forgot yeah. Josie was coach yeah. of Tottenham. Holy shit. That, oh my God. I completely doesn't, forgot about that. Yeah, doesn't that feel like it happened like 80 years ago? But yeah, Spurs yeah. fan, Spurs fans, be happy. Honestly, you know what? Be happy. Eric Dyer looks like a world-class center back. And honestly, if <laughs> if 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 your players are going to continue to put in the shifts they're putting in, 
you have to remember, Tottenham haven't given up a goal yet this year. That's a big, big thing to think about. Honestly, I, I would be ecstatic if I was a Spurs fan right now. You guys are on top of the world. Keep it going. Because honestly, it doesn't matter how you win. If you win your games, that's that's all three points. Doesn't matter if it comes pretty or ugly. But we're going to move into the final game of the week. Manchester United won Wolves nothing a goal with a little bit of controversy from Mason Greenwood, his third goal of the season, three goals in three games. Overall, Manchester United, this was um, the debut for Sancho and Varane. I'll just start it off right off the bat. Varane really showed his class in this game. Varane at no point looked flustered, won almost every aerial duel he was in, looked calm on the ball, great distribution, and... I can only think over time is going to be an excellent partner next to Harry Maguire. I see a very good partnership there. Jaden Sancho, you you know, we start with the good. Let's talk with the bad. Jaden Sancho had definitely a game to forget. Uh, being subbed out, um, you know, in the 72nd minute. I mean, overall, I felt like just Jaden Sancho kind of coasted for most of this game, if that makes any sense. Um... It's going to take him, with defenders, defenders can kind of get dropped into new situations and kind of look better than offensive players. Offensive players, it's going to take him a little bit of time. And honestly, he's young enough where I'm not worried. It is one of those things, and I, I'm so tired of seeing people on social media, oh, Sancho had a bad start, it's not looking good, not worth the money. Okay, let's let's relax. This is his first start in a brand new league Let's take it with a grain of salt. But JD, a couple moments in this game that came up, especially the one right before the goal, you made a comment earlier in the episode about how a player was mocking Paul Pogba in his way he tackles with his studs sticking up. We're going to dive right into uh, Paul Pogba won a ball off of Ruben Neves and that led up shortly before the goal from Mason Greenwood. Wolves players were screaming to have VAR as the head referee discussed over the mic, but did not go to VAR and allowed the goal to stand. Now, JD, you and I have been very public so far about what we think, but I'll let you say your piece and then I'll say mine and we will come to a conclusion here. It's a shitty foul. Like, it, it's it's like the worst kind of foul you can give because he barely touches him. But it's the fact that Pogba's foot goes over the ball and and hits Ruben Neves. I, you can see it in, in the video. You can see his shin guard literally go, does like a 90-degree angle. It's, a, it, it's the worst kind of foul because it's... You want to think that it's not a foul, but it is. He catches it. It is a foul. The fact that VAR didn't step in, and this is a shit on VAR, it is a foul. And then the fact that it leads directly. I, I can't express it up. It, it is directly leading to a goal. It could not have been more direct to a goal. I Look, I, I am a Liverpool fan. I hate Manchester United. 
I'm I'm truly saying this not out of bias. It is a foul. I I, I just don't know how to express it more. It, it it is a foul. It's not even a yellow card. It it it's just a foul. And so, it, and Ruben Neves doesn't do himself any justice by staying up and looking at the ref and then going down. Look. And that's it. And that's it, it right there. That's it. No, that's no. I'm cutting and that's off the right problem. there. That's, that's the that's problem. No, they are on. encouraging on. players to go down. They not even Bar that. is encouraging players to go down. But it's not even that. That is on a it. foul. Hold on. And that it, was, is, it is a light foul, but it is a foul. But let me say something. Let me say something really, really quick. A couple things. One, that's a foul last year. That's a foul last year where a love tap to the face of Hyung Ming Sun takes a goal back from Manchester United, even though it it's had the intent though. He goes over the ball. He goes over the ball. He there goes was... over the ball and his studs hit his leg. Yes. I don't care Again. about last year. Again, I'm just saying overall they're allowing they're allowing the players to play. That's the key thing here is VAR. That is a sh- that is a leg breaker. If it is three uh, inches to the uh, right, if, that is a if, leg breaker. If we're talking about leg breakers, a lot of people. Oh, don't bring up. Oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Why is it that we're allowed to talk about Paul Pogba almost breaking someone's leg, but when Ruben Neves actually literally steps on the side of Bruno Fernandez's shin? We're not allowed to talk about that. Like, that was not even discussed or talked about at all. That happened. That should have been a red card. That wasn't even VAR to the point where Bruno was actually need, needed medical attention because his lit, he had the side of his shin stepped on. That's a red card. But we, we're not talking about that because it happened to Manchester United, not you know a United player happening there. That's the problem I'm having here is... For the first time in a couple seasons, VAR, the refs, are all under an agreement now. Hey, you know what? If the ref on the field has a good view of the play, and I'm not trying to make any difference here, the ref stared at Paul Pogba making that challenge. If the ref on the field can make a full decision without the assistance of VAR, it's the call on the field. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the fact that they're letting the players play. At the end of the day, let the boys play soccer. Let the play happen. Because honestly, it, you're going to end up in a situation where they're going to like short arm these guys to the point where people are just going to die for fun. Now, people are now under the impression, hey, I can't just go to ground anymore. Like, I, if, I, if I'm not seriously hurt or if it's not an actual serious challenge, I better stay up. Otherwise... I'm hurting my team. This is becoming a new thing, and I'm in love with it. And yes, this happened against Manchester United last week. Let's not forget, there was a foul on Bruno where a Southampton defender went straight through him. Easy foul, got none of the ball, and then it led right to the Southampton goal. But because it happened against, it happened, you know, to hurt Man United... Everyone's okay with it. It's okay. But when United gets some fortune the other way, it's bad. I look at it from this point of view. Hey, they let the play play last week. They let the play play this week. Hey, 
if they're calling the same type of things week in and week out, and there's a consistency from the refs, I'm okay with this. Whether it goes for United or against United, if they're letting them play and everyone is getting the same calls, my hands are in the air. I have no arguments here. Call a foul if it's a foul. And if you need video assistance, call the foul. All right. That's all I have to say. La- Again, last week, we- call the foul. I... <laughs> Shout, shout out, though, to Graham Sunis once again, who wanted Paul Pogba um, basically exiled from soccer. And then when they brought up the challenge on Bruno, Graham Sunis once again asked, oh, well, maybe we should talk about a different game. Once again. I, I, I didn't bring up Graham Sunis. You did. No, 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 no. I know you're not defending him. I also think it's really, really funny that literally not one fan base wants to be like, yeah, Graham Sunis, he's a good guy. Everyone in world football hates Graham Sunis and the fact that Sky Sports continue to pay him. Again, that decision should be VAR. But guys, that's how the games ended this week. Games are getting good, guys. Uh, Now quickly to the picks. Uh, JD with six correct picks and myself and the fans at five. I'm telling you right now, (laughs) JD JD might be running away with it early, guys, because JD is currently at 18 points. I'm at 14, and the fans are at 16. So um, I better start. Fuck you, you Matt. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I fucking walked away with it last year, and JD might put me away before Christmas. Let's play how many points. Let's see who's in a better position, me or Arsenal, by the time Christmas comes along. But, Ooh, don't don't put don't put that in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So, guys, as always, after we review game days, we go to our Pepper Brooks MVPs. Now, if you are a new listener of the podcast, number one, thank you for choosing the EPL boys for all of your EPL shenanigans. Our Pepper Brooks MVP is basically an MVP of who did a really great job this week without getting on the goal sheet. No goals, no assists. Did they affect the game positively without getting on the goal sheet? I do the positive. JD takes them to Ouchtown. Basically, JD will take them, and basically, whoever had the worst week, they're going to get on there. So, JD, I'm excited because I want you to start with Ouchtown because you were pretty livid at the beginning about how bad this guy played, and he's the reason his team lost. Look... There's only one person to send to Ouchtown. Population you, bro. God, I cannot believe that we're making Dodgeball, the movie, references in 2021. It's crazy. Uh, What a great movie. Anybody who's never seen that movie, fucking go watch it. It's great. But Pepper Brooks, MVP for me. Sending him to Ouchtown. Daniel Bachman, the goalkeeper for fucking Watford. I... I literally, I look. I had to, I had to look up his name. I had to look up his name before this because I, I couldn't tell you who the Watford goalkeeper is. And I'm an avid watcher of the Premier League. It's definitely a new newer guy. Daniel Bachman, how do you let that goal in from Hyungmin Son? How do you let that in? It's a free kick that is clearly not not a shot on, on goal. It'll go down as a shot on goal. But it is clearly a ball in from like 40 yards out. 
You know, players can be... I, I, I don't care that you're worried about, you know, the, the, the Spurs players coming in, like, trying to head the ball in. I don't, I don't care. That, like, honestly, anybody listening, go back and watch this clip of Daniel Bachman trying to, in quotes, save this ball from going to the net. It is atrocious. I mean, he, he's looking at the Spurs players coming into the box and then at, at his teammates trying to defend it. And he's left, right, left, right. And then the ball just goes under his hands. This is the, I, it is the most detrimental goal to Watford's status in the Premier League at this point in the season. I know it's only three three games in, but honestly, but I, the, this is giving so much undue like press to Spurs. They should not have won that game. But Daniel Bachman, you let Spurs beat you when they should not have. And... Ouch town, bro. But I, Population I, but I, you. And I'm so shocked you didn't go with Arsenal. I'm really shocked you did not go I, with I'm Arsenal. Sick, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sick of going with Arsenal. It, it's, it's, it's beating a dead horse at this point. Like, I feel like in ouch town, Arsenal has like a permanent parking spot. And it's like yeah, right, they're, it's they're right up front. They're already there. They're already there. I, I, I don't need to bring them up again. They're already there. Such a shame. Um, all right, well, again, now is my time to talk about someone who did something really positive without getting on the goal sheet. And I'm bringing up Andres Christensen from Chelsea. This guy all season has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, really stepping it up after a really big Euros. Uh, this guy has been probably the most consistent player for that Chelsea back line. And again, you heard JD and myself discuss about how well Chelsea looked defensively. This guy has been playing lights out all year, and if he continues this up, uh, he has to be considered in a top three, top five for defenders of the season when it comes in the Premier League. So, he, absolutely phenomenal, absolutely incredible. Um, definitely going to be looking more from him, but guys, that is going to be our episode. Now, yes, I think you heard me talk during the episode that this upcoming week we will not be having a Thursday or a Tuesday or a Friday or a Tuesday episode the international break is on and so is the break for JD and myself we're gonna get some nice needed rest I'll tell you that but we will be back next week to break down everything going on for the upcoming game week number four Cristiano Ronaldo's debut and other amazing matches to discuss. Guys, remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms. That is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Make sure to get on there. Because, guys, our next episode, we're going to need those fan picks. And we're going to need your help with those fan questions. Guys, help us out. We greatly appreciate it. But, guys, as always, my name is Matt. Always joined by JD. Guys, be safe. Be well, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out.